Got my Madonna mic on today. I'm not going to do a routine though, so don't worry. <laughs> it would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Okay. Got too many books. I need another table here, actually. <laughs> okay. So, it's great to see you all. There's lots of people here I don't recognise. <laughs> Thank you, my beautiful assistant. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's great to be here. Um, I'm, I'm quite excited about this morning because I feel like God's been speaking to me about some stuff for everyone today. Um, but I've got a little bit of an agenda. Um, I'm not a big exegetical preacher, um, if that's even the right word. <laughs> um, so this isn't going to be pick a passage and pull it apart and I'm going to tell you the Greek. It's not, that's not how I work. <laughs> but I do believe I've got some stuff for you today. Um, so we're going to have a bit of fun um, and hopefully you'll pick some stuff up on the way. But I do feel like God's got some stuff that I want, he wants to teach you as well. Um, so I'm here to set up the Freedom Series <laughs> that officially starts next week. Um, and so what we want to look at today, in fact, I might need to move, otherwise you're going to get my shadow on the screen and that's not helpful, um, is just about um, doing friendships and relationships where I'm looking after ourselves and each other. When you look at a subject like freedom, and I've seen some other topics, so I know what's coming. <laughs> um, there's some really good ones. It's going to be really exciting. But inevitably what happens is that God starts to put his finger on stuff. And so it's going to be really good because we're going to go on a journey together as a family. And we're going to be learning more what it is to meet with the Holy Spirit and to learn as we engage with him. And as we leave stuff behind, we're going to find out more of who we've been made to be. Um, so, yeah, I really believe that there is great destiny for each of us. And I think that's a bit what God was setting us up for this morning in the worship. Because if you notice what was happening, when we sang to Jesus and, and God about how much we love him, it felt good, didn't it? <laughs> and when you allow that to happen in your heart, you start to believe what God says about you. Um, but if we don't believe it, actually there's a big problem. And so part of looking after ourselves is actually learning to listen and believe what God says about us. In order for the scope of our destiny to be realized, we have to leave behind the things that are holding us back from loving God and from loving each other more. We have to be open to the Holy Spirit and to each other. Because um, freedom doesn't come any other way, unfortunately. <laughs> There isn't a secret formula that makes it happen quickly or painlessly. Um, sometimes it is tricky. Um, but if we put some things in place to facilitate that, it's easier. Um, I, for me, I've been uh, learning myself a bit more to be loved by Jesus. And one of the things that I've done lately, just as a prompt, is um, I've been listening to a, a talk by a lady called Krista Black. And she was recounting a story about, um, I won't go into the whole story, but essentially her one-liner was, you have never been unloved. That's what she felt God was saying. You've never been unloved. And that really impacted me. So I thought, right, I need to really engage with this. So I got my lipstick and wrote it on the mirror. <laughs> um, so every time I looked in the mirror, I had to look at that. 
every time. And my daughter Beth was going, what does that say on the mirror, Mummy? What? So I was talking to her about it, and she said, what? So what would be a message for me then? <laughs> she wanted me to write lipstick on the mirror for her too. Um, but that's just quite a good way of starting to engage with those kind of things because um, you have taking things to a practical place. Um, I have to believe what God says about me because it gives me capacity for other people. I learned this a lot through my son. <laughs> um, my son is two and a half, and you've probably watched me chase him around on Sunday mornings. That's typically how it works. <laughs> um, he loves to explore and figure out what the boundaries are of where he can go. Um, so he'll come and look at the drum kit, and he'll want to fiddle with a PA, and then he'll want to play with other people's toys. Um, and so that's just Sunday. <laughs> so you can imagine my week is quite busy with him sometimes. And I have learned the hard way that when I engage with the Holy Spirit, when I let Jesus talk to me about who I am, actually I'm a better mum. Because when he... So this morning is a good example. He ran out across the road in, before we coming to church. So thankfully there's no cars. But my instinct could have been to go, you're, that's so annoying, you could have been so run over. and You, know, <laughs> you really let him have it. Um, but that's because of my anxiety and my fear for him. And yes, I need to, he needs to learn safety. But actually, if I push, put my anger on him, then that doesn't help our relationship. If I can talk to him calmly and love him in the discipline, then actually he learns better and I feel better <laughs> because then I am in that place of being, allowing myself to be loved so I can love him well. Do you believe that your daddy God knows you best? Yes. Awkward pause. <laughs> he knows you better than anyone else. It's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? a challenge to really engage with that um i reckon i know what's best to myself and other people 90 percent of the time (laughs) um and so i have to learn that that is actually not the case that um often it's my insecurity that makes me think i know what's best for me or other people um and actually when i listen to jesus that's the best way to look after myself I listen to the one who never lies, who knows me better than anyone, and who sees greatness in me. So over the next few months, you might experience some emotions being stirred for you as we look at the subject of freedom, because that's typically what happens when you look at freedom and God wants to speak to you about stuff. Um, So let's have a look at some of the foundations to building for that journey. And when I first came to Oasis, um, there were lots of things that I noticed quickly that I never experienced before. Um, And I think they're really good foundations that we all probably have experienced in terms of friendships. So when I was... It still happens as well now, (laughs) just to reassure you. Um, I felt an enormous sense of love whenever I was around people and went to community groups and around people from church. I felt there was such a sense of love and acceptance um, and a sense of uh, trust. So I knew that, I know that people in Oasis are for me. I know that they love me and I know that they want my best. Um, And so what that did was create this opportunity for me to be really honest in a way that I had never been probably before. (laughs) 
um, because I felt that trust coming towards me from other people and that love and acceptance that made me then want to be vulnerable and want to share things. Um, and so for me, some of my experiences of freedom have come in those kinds of contexts. So when somebody says to you, um, so what's going on for you on Sunday? What happened in the ministry time? I saw that you were engaging with God. And I knew that I could go, well, yeah, I, this emotion came up for me. And, you know, you start to share about it. Um, and, and that for me was quite important. And I think that's those, some of those things are still... Um, important, they are relevant now for us as well as we journey forward, Um, loving each other, honesty it invests something doesn't it, you know when somebody shares something with you and you go oh wow I don't know that about you, thanks for trusting me, you feel like there's suddenly a connection between you Uh, a sense of family, a sense of acceptance um, a sense of honour um, I knew that people weren't going to go and tell everybody what I just told them. <laughs> um, a sense of um, the Holy Spirit actually was really good as well. It's still the case that being led by the Holy Spirit in conversations. I love um, Danny Silk's analogy. He's a guy from Bethel. And he talks about keeping your love on in relationship. And he describes it as if, it, if love was a handle, you turn it on and then you take the handle off. <laughs> so it's always on. There's no way you can turn it off again. And I find that really helpful. Uh, just a few um, skills um, in terms of if, you're, if we're working through what it means to love each other well. There are some skills um, that we can use to do that. Um, this isn't because this is a formula um, or we're in counselling training. <laughs> this is about loving each other well. And it's surprising how, um, how we can miss these sometimes, I think. Um, the first one is about encouraging each other and cheering each other on. I love this, um, particularly in the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, um, where the son comes back from being away and says, oh, uh, I'm no longer fit to be called your son. Um, I'll just be a servant, and we'll just, you know, that's okay. And the, the dad just goes, right, we're going to have a feast. Um, get, the, get the lamb, and get the cloak, and get the ring, and put the shoes on. And, and he didn't even acknowledge what he said. <laughs> have you ever noticed that? He didn't even go, okay, let's just talk about that. <laughs> he never went there, did he? Um, and there's sometimes a point where actually seeing the, seeing the gold in people, seeing the truth of what actually is the case rather than um, the difficult place people can find them in actually is really important because what you do is encourage them to be who they've been made to be um, and move them a step further, further towards that. Yeah. It's about being a truth teller, but you have to be careful because <laughs> um, truth can be painful um, so we have to be careful about that. One skill that um, I love is um, body language. So if you're talking to somebody and they're all quite closed in their body language, then they probably don't want to talk to you. <laughs> um, so that's always a good clue. <laughs> um, so And also it's, um, part of that is learning to listen to how you feel about things and your, what your emotions are. Um, and... Um, not rushing things. So sometimes I think the Holy Spirit loves to give us empathy for people um, and loves to draw us to somebody 
um, because we, are, we identify with them or we notice something in them and that's a really good way of just pulling, getting alongside people. Another obvious one is asking really good questions. Like I say, if, you, if you're sitting next to a friend of yours on a Sunday um, in the next few months in the worship and they're suddenly going, <laughs> then you kind of know something's going on, don't you? Um, and so that's a really good time to go, are you okay? What's going on? And to ask some good questions. And um, I'd love to encourage us not to be afraid to talk to each other. Um, because sometimes it can be painful, can't it, to let people into that secret place. But actually, I think the devil loves us to keep secrets from each other. Um, and so if we're able to share some of the painful things, I think I know <laughs> that freedom will come. Um, I think there's a really practical point as well about asking for help. Sometimes it's really important to look to each other for help. When we know that we're struggling, we're finding things difficult, looking for help and asking people. There's a, God always puts people across our path who can bring us support. The last one, which I think is really important, is about listening and resting. I'm a bit of a talker, as you can probably tell. And um, it's always a challenge for me. It's a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> It's a bit of a challenge for me sometimes to be quiet and listen to the Holy Spirit, as Chris will know. We've had a good laugh about the fact that I'm talking about listening. (laughs) (laughs) So listening to the Holy Spirit, I think, is really good. Because, again, it's trusting in who God says he is and believing who he says he is. And then he will often direct us to people or places or he'll encourage us just ourselves. Um... But you have to listen and you have to rest for that to be the case. And that can be a bit of a challenge, can't it? So just think about listening a little bit. Um, Listening is a magnetic and strange thing, did you know? A creative force. The friends who listen to us are the ones who move towards us. When we are listened to, it creates us, makes us unfold and expand. I love that. It's good, isn't it? Yes, Rachel. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. You don't have to agree, of course. <laughs> um, listening, I think, is a really going to be a key skill for us over the next few months. It's a really good skill, and it's often one that we're rubbish at because we're so full of our own agenda. Shall I speak to myself? Um, and it's about demonstrating you understand and empathise with somebody um, and that you're open to them. We must allow emotions to be felt, and this can be uncomfortable. Oh, good pause. Felt a bit uncomfortable, didn't it? <laughs> it's a bit awkward when somebody stops for a little bit, doesn't they? Don't they? And you're they're pouring themselves out. You don't know what to do. But actually, reaching out and loving somebody is really important. It's really good to love each other well. Good listening is choosing to be more aware of the other person than yourself. Thinking about feelings that are buried beneath the words. So, really good example. Um, so, if somebody comes up to you and, say, and you say, Hi, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. What do you reckon? <laughs> are they? Probably not. Generally, I'm fine is, is a good coverall yeah I've got nothing really to say I don't really want to go there um, 
I was talking to a friend of mine lately and um, I said to her, hi, how are you? And she said, I'm fine. And I said, oh, well, you need to convince me a bit more because that didn't sound like you were to me. Um, and by me being able to be brave enough to make that observation in her language, actually what she then did was then went, oh, no, I'm not. I've had a really hard day. And she started sharing lots of things with, um, with me. Um, so I think that's really another good kind of key for us. However, I'm not training you to be counsellors. So don't worry, <laughs> not recruiting you. Um, and sometimes it is okay just to sit and listen to someone and give them a hug and notice them. Um, I think we'd better play a little game. <laughs> I've got a few minutes um, to fit one in, although I've got some more things to say, but... This is a really good example of what listening can feel like. Um, I love just doing practical things whenever I'm speaking. Um, so this is just going to be easy and fun. So what I'd love you to do is just turn to the person next to you and talk about what you did during the holidays. Whilst one of you speaks, the other one has to count in their head. <laughs> And then you can reflect back what you've heard. <laughs> you've got one minute. <laughs> Don't forget, listener, you've got a count in your head. Okay. So if you were the listener, how much do you remember about what the person said to you? Can you remember very much? Anybody want to share what it felt like? Go on, Gail. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Pat? tricky, isn't it, doing two things at once? I think there's a lesson in there somewhere. Okay, I've got one more. So, um, if you know what the other person did yesterday, find a different partner. <laughs> um, in pairs, talk about your day yesterday. One person to talk and the other will listen. And for the first minute, I want you to show really good listening skills. Okay, you can see them up there. Good eye contact, nodding, sympathetic noises. Face each other, no arms and legs crossed. 
And then after a minute, you've got to switch. I'll tell you when a minute's up. You've got to switch to bad listening. <laughs> Off you go. Okay, now switch to some bad listening. So start texting somebody, start looking out the window, face the other way. Okay, let's come back together. Some of you have fallen asleep. <laughs> okay. Okay, who, want, who would like to um, just contribute a bit about what that felt like to be... What did that feel like to switch between the two, Jules? So lost confidence to be able to share when switching from listening to not listening. Anybody else? Ah, oh, well done, Paul. Richard. And how did you find that, Joseph? Uh, really yeah. Off-putting. It is off-putting, isn't it? And actually, isn't that important to notice, though? Because if, if somebody's talking to you, it's really off-putting. And so if they're not listening. And so what that does, it makes us shut up inside and makes us wanting to stop, it, stop engaging. Right. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a gear shift now because I felt God speaking to, to me about um, the story of Gideon, which I think um, Peter's talking about the other week. Um, so it's in Judges 6, uh, verse 11. I think um, we've got it up there. What I felt like was I, I really think God's got great destiny for each of us. And um, when you're like me, who I can just go, well, I'm just a housewife at home looking after the children. And somebody says to you, you've got great destiny. You kind of go, really? In washing the dishes? <laughs> great destiny in that? Are you sure? But actually, I really believe God has created each of us for a purpose. 
What do you reckon? <laughs> but it can be a challenge, can't it? And this is the challenge that Gideon faced. Um, they were having a bit of a rough old time, the Israelites, in this passage. Um, and just before, the Midianites, I think they were, were just kind of causing such destruction for, for the children of God. And um, so much so that you probably recognize this story. Um, Gideon was hiding. And because he didn't want the Midianites to come and, and take what he had grown, his crop. Um, I'm just going to read it from the message. Uh, where does verse 11? I'm going to read it from there. <laughs> One day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Aberazites, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press out of sight of the Midianites. Interestingly, I noticed there's a reference later on in Judges to the fact that they do actually have a place to thresh wheat. <laughs> so he, he wasn't just, he didn't, it wasn't like he had nowhere else to go. He was actually hiding. Um, so that's, that was quite cool. The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. Gideon replied, with me, my, my master? If God is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about, telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is, God's nothing to do with us. He's turned us over to Medina. But God faced him directly. Go in this strength that is yours. Save Israel from Medina. Haven't I just sent you? Gideon said to him, me, master? How and with what can I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan's the weakest of Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. God said to him, I'll be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Medina as one man. Gideon said, if you're serious about this, do me a favor. Give me a sign to back up what you're telling me. Don't leave me until I come back and bring you my gift, he said, and I'll wait till you get back. Gideon went and prepared a young goat and a huge amount of unraised bread. He used about half a bushel of flour which apparently is a lot because there's an exclamation mark there. <laughs> <laughs> he put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot and took them back from under the shade of the oak tree for a sacred meal. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unraised bread, place them on the rock and pour the broth on them. And Gideon did it. The angel of God stretched out the tip of the stick he was holding and touched the meat and the bread. Fire broke out of the rock and burned up the meat and bread while the angel of God slipped away out of sight. And Gideon knew it was the angel of God. Gideon said, Oh no, Master God, I've seen the angel of God face to face. But God reassured him, Easy now, don't panic. You won't die. <laughs> then Gideon built an altar there to God and named it God's Peace. I love this story because... Um, I feel like God wants to encourage us when we feel like the weakest and the worst, when we've come with lots of burdens like we were talking about this morning, um, because he comes and says, there's destiny for you, there's greatness for you, but it's about believing what I say to you, not what you believe yourself to be. Gideon was the key for him was that he was obedient enough to follow what God said amidst doubt and uncertainty, and he didn't allow fear to stop him from being obedient. He was ordinary, but God was gracious. I love how gracious God was, because if you noticed, he hung around for quite a long time, because Gideon went off and made broth. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't happen in, like, 
10 minutes. <laughs> so he had to cook up the meat and make the bread. And the angel of the Lord was just sitting there under the tree. So clearly, he had nothing else to do. <laughs> I don't know why he was there for a long time. But his, his purpose was to communicate to Gideon his value. So he didn't run off and do something else because he knew what he had to say to Gideon was important. Um, and I think um, God's going to put his finger on stuff for us in the next few months. And it's going to be like, it's going to feel like Gideon. We're going to feel like we're in the wine press hiding. And suddenly the angel of the Lord comes. Where did he come from? It just suddenly appears out of nowhere. Um, but, and that's because God has destiny for us. Um, the thing that's interesting with Gideon is that he then puts out loads more tests for God, doesn't he? That's not enough. It's not enough that he's met the angel of the Lord, that um, the angel of the Lord hung around for a long time, that he zapped his dinner with a stick. Um, he then puts his fleece out, and then another fleece, and then you've got all of the armies of armies coming, and him going, no, that's too many, and that's too many, and all of those kinds of miracles before that he actually fulfills his destiny. So... Again, there's some reassurance for us, I think, that actually God has got purpose. And he, he's gracious. He loves us. He's not going to run to you like an angry person. He's a loving daddy. He wants to, us to find freedom. He's called us to be mighty warriors in the context of where he puts us and with he, the skills he has given us. So you're not in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. God has given you destiny, and sometimes it's believing that that is the case. Can I have some keys, please? Yeah. No. I just feel like we need to respond a little bit um, to some of the lies that we can believe. So, thank you, Andy. (laughs) I just want Andy to play a little bit, because I just feel like the Holy Spirit is here and wants us to come and surrender a little bit to him so I just want you if you could just um, engage with God in whatever way you're comfortable with and um, I just feel like the Gideon passage is really relevant for us at the moment and um, it might be that um, so just shut your eyes don't need to look at me now (laughs) is about engaging with the Holy Spirit. Um, I just really believe that God wants to come and bring some freedom, even this morning, from lies that you have believed about your destiny and who you are and who you are and who God has called you to be. God says that you're precious and important, that you're loved and that you're powerful. He notices you. He says that you're his favorite, that you're valuable, that you're a world changer in your bit of the world. He says you've got great destiny. He's big and powerful, he's tender and gentle. He wants your best, and he has amazing ability to bring good out of every situation. He's always loved us, and he always will. His infinite capacity and wisdom, 
He makes life fun and adventurous and exciting. He loves us. As I just spoke that out, you might have found that some of that hard to hear. You might have disagreed in your spirit when I said some of that. And that's a really good clue that there's a lie that we're believing about who we are. Because what I just said to you is all biblical truth. And so what I'd love to do is just take you through a little couple of steps that is a way of dealing with those lies and, and replacing it with some truth. So just in your mind now, as you feeling God bringing stuff up, if there are things that you don't believe about who God says you are, just say to yourself, I renounce the lie that I am not significant and have no destiny, or whatever feels like it's relevant for you. And the next step is to ask God what he says. Daddy God, who do you say I am? You might hear something, you might sense some truth. Don't dismiss it. then the next step is choosing to believe it so you can say now just say to yourself I, I choose to believe that I am then fill in the, blank, in the blank that God just said to you I choose to believe that I am loved important precious Feel the gentleness of the Holy Spirit here. He loves to bring peace to you where lies can make us feel anxious. He loves to bring value to us where we can discount ourselves. So just let him minister to you in these moments. They're precious. God that you say that we have great destiny we have destiny in our friendships with each other 
we have destiny because of what you've called us to be because of our gifting we have destiny as the oasis church because we're going to change the world right here now (laughs) because of who you've called us to be and I just speak release of your blessing over this family right here I just want to seal in those words that you've spoken to individuals this morning and then we just speak your favour over each of us God thank you that you love to communicate with us that you're always quick to whisper to us Sometimes in these moments you just might want to sit in for a little bit longer. We're kind of done. <laughs> you want to go and get your children, but if you just feel like God is ministering to you, then that's fine. <laughs>